This podcast is presented by Ride for Mental Health, an organization dedicated to breaking the mental health stigma in the action sports community. To support our cause, you can purchase merchandise or donate directly on our website at rideformh.org. We appreciate your support. Welcome to the Tell Me More podcast. I am Pippa Scott, founder of Ride for Mental Health. Just a reminder to please tell your friends you love them. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Tell Me More podcast. Today I have Chris Waker with me. He's originally from Manchester, Vermont, and he went to Stratton Mountain School. In 2007, he started spending his winters in Colorado, competing and traveling for Grand Prix and do tours. He started coaching in 2013 and 2019 and was awarded the U.S. Ski and Snowboard Coach of the Year. Chris, how are you? Doing great, Pippa the Ripa. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I am so stoked to be here. Yeah, I'm so stoked that we got to like line this up and figure it out. It's great to have you on. Yeah, it's a full circle here. You know, it's been awesome seeing everything that you've been doing with your podcast. And I uh, had the most amazing time coaching you as an athlete and love watching you grow and pursue different passions in your life. It's truly inspiring. And I'm so glad that you're giving back to the community and bringing, you know, your knowledge and information to the community. Thank you. I feel that like ride for mental health at this point, it's like not just me. It's like, yeah, I am running it, but I just feel like the snowboard community has just been so helpful in like embracing ride for mental health and like offering as much help as possible with like everyone. Like having you on is like great because it's like we're getting to talk about mental health. And then like when I went to nationals, you talked and then I talked like two days after you. And I don't know, I just feel like no matter like whose face is like running Ride for Mental Health, it's helpful that the snowboard community is so open to it. Love our community so much. And that's one thing that's provided me with so much support throughout my recovery and and everything like that. We can get into that later. But yeah, I love our community and how supportive they are and to rally behind people and yeah, just show their support. Yeah, I'd love for you to like share your journey with me and just like all the like important and like highlights like important events and highlights that you like love to do that for us yeah so i grew up in vermont and pretty much spent my entire childhood in the outdoors i was an adrenaline junkie my dad put me on you know motorized vehicles dirt bikes four-wheelers all of that stuff growing up and then got into the board sports skateboarding surfing and of course snowboarding where I pursued competitions. I, you know, played all the team sports growing up, but the snowboarding kind of clicked for me and I really fell in love with it. And it all started with like the love for the sport and just that passion. I was so excited to wake up every day. And, you know, Vermont has so much history too. Growing up, going to the US Open and watching the professionals compete at the highest level. It was so inspiring. And I started getting into competitions, doing the local Southern Vermont series and then qualified for nationals. And then I got accepted to Stratton Mountain School my sophomore year. And it really showed me, you know, how to dedicate your life to a sport and how, you know, your passions aren't always pleasant. It takes a lot of hard work, you know, going to the gym every day and pretty much spending every waking moment dedicating our life to snowboarding. All my classmates were already world-renowned snowboarders. The 
you know, Louis Vito, Danny Davis and Nick Russell. And, you know, there was big shoes to fill just going to Strat Mountain School, but it was such an awesome environment to have and really pushed me because I grew up riding my backyard as just riding rails and mainly slope style. But then, you know, going there, everyone was kind of going for the Olympics and half pipe. So I really started training hard to compete in half pipe. And around 17, I competed in my first uh, World Cup or Grand Prix at uh, Brackenridge. And it was amazing to go out there for the first time. You know, we think we have mountains in Vermont. I'm like, oh my gosh, the Rockies just bring everything to a whole new level. And the parks were triple the size. So I immediately fell in love with Colorado. And once I graduated high school, I moved out to Breckenridge in around 2007 to pursue a career in snowboarding. And it was amazing. Got to compete and travel around the world, all across the US, Canada, New Zealand for the summers to go train and compete down there. Argentina, Europe, went to South Korea even to represent the U.S. for the Snowboard World Championships. And I had a fun career. I was, you know, getting some top 10s and top 5s at uh, Grand Prix and do tour events. And then towards the end of right around 2010, after that Olympic qualifying year, I didn't make the team and was just kind of getting a little burnt out on the competition scene. And I was actually almost thinking about quitting you know, snowboarding as a competitor and um, as a profession. And then I got a call from this Australian crew saying that their coach broke his ankle on a trampoline, needed someone to fill in. So I filled in that season as a coach. And I was like, wow, I can make a living coaching, doing what I love. I get to, you know, share my passion with these athletes and really found a calling and uh, found the ability to change the lives of others. And that was through coaching. I really loved connecting with these athletes and the following year, I actually linked up with Strat Mountain School and started a, a satellite program for them. So brought four athletes over there, the Wraith family, one of the Spencer, uh, one of the Shaw kids, Maverick Shaw and Julia Marino. So I had like five athletes in Colorado and just started a satellite program for there. And then that's kind of where it took off the following year. Ian Kirk and I, we started Kirk's Camp and had a, a huge crew of athletes and that kind of blew up pretty quick and got to work with some amazing athletes and then started my own training program for uh, the past uh, the last three years of my coaching career, True Snowboarding. And in 2019, I was awarded with the U.S. Skiing Snowboard Coach of the Year, uh, which was phenomenal and such a, you know, an amazing accolade to get and couldn't thank all my athletes enough for their support through all that. And then unfortunately, a year later in on December 24th, 2020, I was cruising up at Copper Mountain with uh, one of the athletes that I was coaching at the time, Jake Cantor. And uh, we were just going out to cruise and have some fun. He was getting ready for a World Cup in a couple of weeks. And I was headed out of the park and I was I saw this roller up ahead and I thought to myself, sweet, let's just do a little edge to edge drill over this roller, something I've done thousands of times. And I let my board down as I was turning sideways and it caught the toe edge in the snow of my board and drove my neck right into the ground. And it snapped my C5 and C6 vertebrae, rendering me instantly paralyzed from above the chest down. So I could not feel or move 90% of my body. And uh, I was terrifying. I was, you know, couldn't move. And I was filled with this stillness and something that I've, you know, not been comfortable used to ever in my life. And, um, you know, I immediately had this flashback of how my life was over. I visualized me never being able to snowboard again, walk again, use my hands again. It was a terrifying moment, but 
you know, luckily my community rallied behind me and I got some, some of my athletes started GoFundMe's for my recovery. I had friends fly out across the country to be by my side, family members. And it was just so amazing to see all the support from the snowboard community rally behind me. And it got me so juiced and motivated. I was like, all right, I'm going to, I got to the recovery hospital and I was like, all right, I'm going to prove all these doctors wrong. I'm going to kick ass. I'm going to walk out of here. And it was, uh, it was just great to have that support and it's helped me so much throughout my recovery. And, you know, I'm still not able to walk yet, but uh, I'm still recovering, getting stronger every day. And um, I've been able to get back doing the things that I love, which is great. I got it back on snow for the first time last year. Um, been able to do adaptive surfing and adaptive mountain biking and all these crazy things that at one point in my life, I never thought I was going to be, I was going to be able to do ever again. So it's been a crazy, crazy journey so far, but, uh, I've learned so much from this experience and I'm just so grateful to be alive. Yeah. I think that when I saw that you got back on snow, I was like, so ridiculously stoked for you. Like I remember seeing stuff about that and literally being like, that's so amazing that like Waker is having that, like still being able to have that experience. And I feel that just like you also being able to like still do like get outside and get outdoors and like just be able to do stuff like that is like also so good for your mental health too. For sure. I mean, it's, it's a little bit, it looks a little bit different these days, right? I'm not snowboarding, but I'm in a sit ski and not, you know, I'm not standing up while I'm surfing, but I'm still getting in the water. I'm still, there's an adaptive mountain bike that I get in. It takes a community for me to be able to do these things. I'm not fully independent at doing them, but I'm so grateful that I have the people around me helping me get back doing the things that I love. And, you know, even if I'm just getting outside and seeing sunlight and listening to the birds, you know, it's just getting outside has been a part of my entire life. So it's been a, such a blessing just being able to get outside and enjoy those things and really puts in perspective, you know, how we don't always appreciate the small things. I appreciated all of this stuff growing up, but it never really occurred to me how quickly it can end. You know, we always realize the risk when we strap into a snowboard every day and we, that's always in the back of your mind, you know, it's, but to have it all stripped away so quickly in the blink of an eye, it's, it really opens your eyes and it, and it makes you appreciate a lot of the little things, you know, just being able to breathe and being able to move, getting outside, like I said, listening to the birds and looking at the ocean and being in the mountains around family and friends. It really makes you appreciate your community so much more. Yeah. What do you think was like one of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome with recovery? Like I know the snowboard community was so there for you and you talked about that, but like what was like one of the things that you like struggled with the most? Oh, good question. Um, probably relearning everything was so difficult. Um, you know, I was being spoon fed in the hospital for three weeks. I had to relearn how to feed myself. I had to relearn how to sit, to balance, to push a wheelchair. It took me two hours just to get my pants from my ankles to my knees for the first time. So to relearn everything to manage my, there's so much more to a spinal cord injury that I had no idea about. There's, you know, we get muscle spasms, nerve pain. Um, there's, we have to manage our bowels and bladder a different way. There's managing bed sores. We always have to shift our weight so we're not sitting in the same position all the time. There's so much more than just the aspect of walking that a lot of people aren't aware of. So that was probably one of the most difficult things. And then going from like the hospital transition to bringing all of that out to the real world was difficult. 
And then relationships too. I was married at the time and I went through a divorce and, you know, realizing that it was very difficult to have that person that was by my side for so long to have them, you know, not be okay with, uh, with how I was after my injury and, and realizing that, you know, it was, it was a difficult time for sure. And then just figuring out new passions is definitely difficult, you know, being stripped away with everything that I love, but then slowly realizing like, hey, I can still do this. It's going to look a little bit different, but I can still get back to doing the things that I love. So definitely a journey. But again, I've learned so much throughout all of this. And, you know, I've, I've never had any resentment for snowboarding, even though it, you know, I was paralyzed from it. I wouldn't change a thing. I've learned so much and I've had the most amazing experiences. I've done more in this little amount of time that I've lived than most people to get to experience in their life. I've seen so much of the world and I've got to experience so much. So I wouldn't trade it for anything, honestly. And the perspective it's given me now, I, you know, few people get to experience that. I get to really view life differently because of this injury. Not to say that it's easy, but I'm grateful for that perspective. Do you think that's like what you're most grateful for is just that you have like just that you see situations differently? I know that when like I'm injured at the moment and um, not being able to snowboard and I work eight hours a day, so I don't spend I work in a bakery, so I don't spend a lot of time outside. But I know that in the past when I have been injured and I like I'm in a cast and I can't walk that I like become so grateful for like very little things. Do you think that like that's the kind of perspective that you're trying to like convey to like people that aren't in your situation and they're like trying to like understand what you're going through? Yeah, 100%. Gratitude is huge. And just not only gratitude for the small things, but for my community, I think that's huge. My friends, my family, the people who have supported me. I wouldn't be I would have had the recovery I've had if it wasn't for my community. There's everyone in my life has supported me so much and but yeah the the perspective is is huge as well that's definitely something that i'm so grateful for and um i can't yeah just enjoying the small things like i said the birds and just getting outside viewing sunlight and being close to the beach and reading a book and stuff that i haven't done since like high school i'm like reading now and i'm you know continuing to learn and finding new passions too although you know things are looking a little different. I'm still trying to kind of coach and help people through whether it be public speaking or just little posts on Instagram, just trying to relay my message of inspiring people and helping people out. Yeah, that's amazing. Do you have like a motto or anything that you live by? Is there like anything you tell yourself like when you get up in the morning or? So my friend that actually moved, he moved across country for me to be in the hospital with me. He was by my side pretty much every day for about two months. He made a shirt. Uh, it was called, I was at Craig Hospital and he took the Craig logo and it said Chris on it. And underneath it, he said, still going to send it. So I think that's one of the biggest mottos that I've been living by is, yeah, it might look a little different, but every day I'm going to wake up and I'm still going to send it. And I think that's gotten me out of bed a lot. And it's really inspired me to, you know, it's honestly, it's terrifying doing all of these things over again, getting in the water, trying to surf. Getting on a sit ski was it was the scariest thing I had done in so long. It was, you know, being on a chairlift with this big metal apparatus 
feeling like I was going to fall off the chairlift. I had already been terrified of chairlifts growing up, surprisingly growing up as a snowboarder. <laughs> I've always been scared of and having nightmares of falling off a chairlift. But I was so terrified those first couple of chairlift rides. I was like, I don't know if I could do this. So having the attitude of, you know, still going to send it, get out of your comfort zone. And I think that's something that a lot of people can kind of learn from too, is don't be afraid to fail. I've had, I've learned so much from my failures throughout my life. And I have to continuously tell myself that through my injury is, you know, get out of your comfort zone every day. There's times where my friends will invite me out and I'm like, I don't know if the place is going to be accessible or if the bathroom is going to be accessible. But if I don't go out and get out of my comfort zone, I won't know. I won't learn from it. And I've learned so much from my failures and how you deal with your failures is what's going to make you successful in life. So yeah, just get out there and, and send it. And I feel like the more I get myself in these uncomfortable situations, the more I'm actually comfortable with it. So I feel like if I wasn't, didn't put myself in these uncomfortable situations, I would have a lot more anxiety and apprehensiveness to go out and continue to do these things. So, and even just like with like traveling and, and stuff like that, it's so terrifying having airlines handle your wheelchair and, and all of that. So yeah, just sending it for sure. What do you think that your biggest strategy is when you're like feeling overwhelmed and stressed out and you're like feeling as if you just don't want to send it? Like, how do you kind of like calm yourself down or like just deal with these big emotions that you're feeling? Um, Maybe not with just like sending it. I think probably like dealing with like negative emotions is definitely hard, you know, questioning, you know, if I'm capable of doing this and, you know, doubts and, and all of that stuff. I think the biggest strategy would be knowing that, especially with negative emotions, when I feel down, I know that these are emotions are temporary and that they will pass. Um, I think a lot of about focusing on the positive stuff in life. And I know it's difficult, especially when you're down, but I think people confuse a lot of positivity with happiness. And, you know, it's like, how am I supposed to be happy when I'm sad? But it's positivity doesn't mean just you're going to be happy. It means that it's going to help you get through these negative times. So I really focus for every negative thought, I try and focus on three positives. And I think that's really helped me throughout my life is that ratio is for every negative thing, focus on three positives and continue to kind of, you know, tell your, like reconfirm to yourself, like I am worthy. I am capable. I can do this. And yeah, just kind of surround yourself with good people too. A community is so important as well. And, you know, if I ever feel down and out, talk to my friends, talk to my family. I have a therapist, you know, I think therapy is, oh, there's a bad stigma around therapy and and stuff like that. And I've, you know, at first I didn't really need one because I was so motivated in the hospital. But then when I got out of the hospital, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in the real world and I have to deal with these emotions of what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And so it was really cool to talk to a third party person that's not, you know, I'm invested with in my personal space and just have that safe space to talk to someone. So all of that has really helped me throughout my recovery a lot. Yeah. Definitely having a therapist is something I would like recommend to anybody. It's so dope to just have someone who's like when you're on like Zoom with them or you meet with them in person to like feel prioritized by them to like help you figure out solutions to your problems and to just like feel heard. I think that's just like 
it's not something that your family and your friends can always give to you because they have their own things. But like therapists are like designed, like they went to school to like help you. Like they like will learn how to like deal with your problems and like how to like give solutions to stuff and like how to like regulate emotions. And I think that that's something that a lot of people that like stigma doesn't see that like the stigma just thinks about like, and there's like, I don't even understand how there is stigma around therapy, but just that like you need someone to help you with your problems. I think that's where the stigma comes in, but it's like such a helpful tool for everyone. For sure. Yeah. And having, yeah, you said having someone to just that third party, that neutral party that doesn't, you know, isn't emotionally invested and doesn't know you're kind of, I don't know who you hang out with or whatever. They, they're just neutral and they're going to talk you through things. And it's funny because my therapist is actually, it's it's not just like a, a therapy for my emotions, but for my motivation and figuring out my new passions. They'll talk about, you know, if I'm losing motivation or, or what career path I want to go into. They're so open about talking to everything. And just, it's really cool to build a relationship with someone and, and kind of build strategies on. And yeah, it's, it's helped me out tremendously for sure. Yeah. If there was someone who like was struggling that you were talking to, like, what do you think that you would tell them? If that, like, if let's say like, there's no specifics of this, but just like one of your friends is talking to you and they're struggling, what would you try and like, your big thing seems to be motivation. Would that be something that like you would target at? Or is there like another way that you would help like someone who's struggling? I think I would just try offer support and offer, um, just listen. I think is the biggest thing. And, you know, I, I try and hold back from offering like too much advice. I think people just need, need to be heard sometimes and and know that and just tell them that I'm there for them. There's people out there that, that love you and support you and you're not alone. People, it's completely normal to feel the way that you feel. You know, if someone reaches out to me and is struggling, you know, just tell them that these, all these emotions, it's, I think that's like the first part of, dealing with these emotions is acknowledging them, right? Is being like, you know what? I feel this way. Why do I feel this way? And not only that, but it's okay to feel like this. I feel like especially men, is it's very stigmatized to like be emotional. And I've learned so much from my injury about vulnerability and just not giving a crap about what other people think. I'm just like, I don't care if I cry. Like, It's good to feel, you know, it's good to feel these emotions. It means you're passionate. It means you care. But yeah, it's like, there's so much things in life that we get overwhelmed about and upset about. But knowing that these emotions are just temporary and that it will pass, I think would help a lot of people out. And knowing that they're not alone and there's a community and there's people in your life that love you and care about you and, and that want to talk about it. Yeah, I think that that's a great message and definitely something that Ride for Mental Health is trying to convey. So I think it's great that you're trying to live up to those ideals. Well, thank you. <laughs> Switching sides a little bit, what's your favorite snowboard memory? Ooh, favorite snowboard memory. Um, probably for competition, it would probably be Dew Tour at Mount Snow just because it was under my hometown crowd. And they did all these crazy like light shows and stuff. And they lined us all up at the top of the half pipe and were announcing all of our names. And it was, uh, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty surreal to, to be in front of all my friends and family and um, to be in front of everyone. It definitely got me all fired up, got the adrenaline going, made me feel like I could go five feet bigger and do tricks that I've 
maybe wasn't capable of. It was really cool to have that feeling in front of everyone. And then probably uh, any powder day. I loved just riding pow, especially towards the later end of my career. I, uh, when I was coaching, I had snowmobiles. I'll bring athletes out in the backcountry and um, any day in the backcountry was just so amazing just to be away from everyone, isolated by yourself and riding, you know, powder with your friends. And then once I transitioned into coaching, it was, I loved sharing that passion with the athletes, watching them progress. And it was just such a blessing to see these kids work so hard and try these tricks over and over and over again. Maybe taking them, you know, days, weeks, or even months to land that trick. And I was just, I would be the most excited person on the now. And I would be, you know, screaming at the top of my lungs when they finally got their trick and, you know, blowing out the audio footage on my camera, you know, tackling them at the, at the bottom of the hill. Um, I love just sharing that passion um, through coaching, which was amazing. Yeah. I definitely remember when I rode with you for Kirk's camp that that was like, you were always so stoked when someone would learn a new trick or just to like, just be out there. Like we would have some like shitty days and you and Kirk would be like, let's go, let's get out there. And I just remember like one time sitting with Eli and just being like, we all went like kind of in the backcountry at Breck and like Steve filmed some stuff and I remember being like not super into like pow at the time but I remember like you and Eli both loved riding pow and I was like okay I could kind of get into this and I just remember how stoked you were to be riding pow that like it had snowed and I was like yeah I would rather be in the park but this is pretty cool (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. I know I love make, going on those little adventures with you guys. And I think that was my favorite part about coaching too, was showing how there was so many different aspects of snowboarding. And, you know, it's not all just about competition. That's a great avenue. And I think that's a great foundation to start on. But snowboarding, there's there's so many different ways to be successful in the sport. And it all starts with the love for the sport, right? That's If you don't have the passion, if you don't want to snowboard, you're not going to be successful at it. And just sharing that passion with you guys was a dream come true. And it and it fueled my fire too, watching you guys stoked to just send it off of a cornice into the pow. And, you know, who cares if you land or ragdoll or whatever. It was, you know, just all put a smile on our faces. And it was just really cool to, to share that with you all. Definitely one of my one of my highlights for sure. Yeah, yeah. I definitely did learn to like love pow, like doing Kirk's camp because before I didn't love it. But... <laughs> definitely you and Kirk and Lizzie definitely opened me up to some power riding. Oh, I love it. I'm glad we expanded your mind and got you out of your comfort zone a little bit. (laughs) To wrap it up, I've got one last question and it's what are your plans for the future? Ooh, plans for the future. Well, I want to continue pursuing my passions. I want to get outside and continue adaptive surfing, adaptive uh, sit shredding or sit skiing, so they call it, and continue my recovery by just getting stronger. I work out a bunch every week still, but also sharing my passion of coaching. I want to continue coaching, whether it be I've been getting into public speaking a little bit. So that's been fun sharing my message and my journey and maybe get in some mindset coaching in the future, mental game coaching, uh, maybe doing some online kind of video review style stuff, have people send me clips and do some video review type stuff. And uh, and maybe getting into some podcasting. You really inspired me, Pippa. <laughs> um, I love the the podcast thing. I think that'd be really cool to share people's uh, messages. And I think that'd be, be really cool. Yeah, 
Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Pippa. So good to see you. And thank you so much for doing the Ride for Mental Health. I think it's so important in our community and to bring awareness and, and all that. So thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, Aike. Thank you for listening to the Tell Me More podcast. I am your host, Pippa Scott. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing. And don't forget, tell your friends you love them.